0: Welcome back, y'all, to episode 190 something of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So today, on this Friday, I have a great show for you. I have two guests, Phil. Gassard and David Dews coming on and talking about the similarities between white noise, the book, as well as the situation that happened in East Palestine. Um, we will get into it and go from there. Okay, so today. We have David Goose and Bill Gassard on the show, and we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive on the story of East Palestine and potential correlations between the movie White Noise. Um, how are you guys doing today?
1: Doing good. Sam, jam jam,
0: That sounds good. So did you guys... Yeah. Be- either of you were you able to watch the movie or read any notes about it
2: i have not watched the movie i did read the book uh so i reserve the right to look down on anyone who has just watched the movie
1: <laughs> i have neither read the book nor uh seen the movie nor really read wow. up anything i'm just i'm just here to bring phil down that's it
2: yeah okay. well, well doing a good job goose thanks phil <laughs> Well
0: I guess there um to get a little bit of the details about the movie um originally white noise I think what's really interesting is that people are making some comparisons to the book which takes place in 1985 um you know when you read the book Phil and you kind of look at it like is there any like just to give the baseline or the premise to goose what is the book about in a nutshell
2: uh, in one sentence, it is about the fear of death. Uh, it's about the main characters. The main character and his wife are both morbidly afraid. Well, Yeah, of course, morbidly afraid of death. And it's like consuming them. Um, and that's really what the last third of the book is about, is about them dealing with with that constant anxiety and fear. But then in the middle of the book and what I think people know if they've even just seen the trailer and why people are talking about it now is because there is and this really triggers their fear of death is that a train derails in their sleepy little town and releases a, a big a giant cloud of it's, it's in the book it's called the um airborne it's a band there's a band with this name why am i not thinking of it? the airborne the toxic, toxic cloud. event yeah
0: airborne toxic. yeah event. but
2: there's yeah, there we go, and um, yeah, and then like officials are very murky on what they should do if they should stay, stay in their house or flee the city, and and what if any long term effects there are, and and blah blah blah. But in any case, it's like, I mean, what's happening now is straight out of the book.
0: Yeah, and I think I actually uh, watched the movie, so I think whenever you look at the movie, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, the original author. I'm not sorry, but Adam Driver plays the character Jack Gladden, Gladden, Gladdale. I can't read. Um, and it's really his story is really weird because he's a professor that specializes in Hitler studies. Um, and he's like the leading expert in throughout the move, the, the beginning part of the movie, you have him talking about Hitler. And it takes place in the 80s. And the movie does a really good job of collecting that time period. Um, was that well, that's why
2: you had on because he's a huge fan of Hitler.
1: Wow, Phil. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm getting canceled, and I wasn't even approved to not be canceled. Oh, okay. Thanks, Well, pal.
0: I... Yep. But, yeah, but the, that's what makes the story so weird, is it's like, why have Adam... I don't know. The driver... I don't know. The whole thing is kind of weird in the beginning, but I would say the movie has an interesting dialogue affiliated with it. Um, so... Whenever you look at the correlations, Goose, it's just the fact that there was a train derailment in the same town. Not the same town, but in Ohio as well, where you have Well
1: everything anything bad that happens in America usually happens in Ohio, if we're being honest.
0: That's true. I mean there is a lot of there's like a new term on social media called Ohio. And, it, and it's the new term I think for um like like white trash or that's ghetto. That's what the young kids are using now. They just say Ohio.
1: Or, like, if something bad happens, you're like, oh, that's Ohio? Or that's so Ohio of you?
0: Yes, exactly. That's how the kids are using it, and it's really strange to me when I hear it, because I'm like, that's just, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I think it originally came out of TikTok.
1: Huh. Huh. Okay. Well, I learned something new even more today.
0: I know it's weird, but... That's where the that's where kind of the thing is. And then Hughes, have you been keeping up with the stuff from East Palestine? Is, you like, do you feel pretty up to date on it?
1: Well, I, I listen to this great podcast called the Zachary Wingate Podcast that uh, informed all of my uh, necessary information uh, regarding then, East Palestine. So, yeah, there you go.
0: And then, but like whenever you hear the case, though, is there anything that sticks out? I guess if, if do you want to run down and just kind of give an overview of the East Palestine? situation for those who might not be tracking it
1: well it sounds like there was a train derailment Um, some toxic chemicals were on it and according to the zach wingate podcast it didn't blow up but they did a controlled burn the epa did sorts and now they are worried that it is um, affecting the water source in the area and i think the reason why everyone's kind of freaking out about it is, I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a regular reader of both the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post. I'm just going to you know, look down and fill on that. But neither one really like has done a ton of deep dive research into it. And that's where I think people are kind of up in arms of sorts of like, this is this massive environmental issue that's just, you know, I think back to what, 2011, when there was the BP oil spill, and that was 24-7 on the news. And this has been a little bit more to the side. Mm-hmm. I think that's why everyone, you know, in the dark reaches of the internet are like, what's actually going on? And then obviously the white noise book slash movie.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because, you you know, you haven't followed the story. I think for me, I think that's a good overview. Um, and when you, when you merge the East, the um, white noise with East Palestine, the, it, there is some correlation there it is interesting how it's the fear of death i think the story does a really good job of laying out mortality but as i was reading through a couple articles what's really crazy is they filmed this movie in ohio and whenever they're filming this movie in ohio um it was kind of close to east palestine so some of the people living in east palestine were actually extras on the set so they were filming a movie about a potential train accident, and then it happened in East Palestine. So I think that was some, that was like one of the really weird details where you're like, wow, that's crazy. Could you imagine being in that movie and then in this situation? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were the extra who was on the train that crashed, and then you saw it. Wow.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny in the uh, White Noise book. I, apparently the book was a really big deal in the 80s, and it did really, really well. But the how the train derailed in the in the movie is they were driving a truck. There like goes a truck driver who got hammered. He's driving a gas truck. He got hammered, and then he drove it into um, a train filled with chemicals. That's the plot of how it happened.
2: Yeah, they don't really go into how it happened in the book. Um, it just sort of you know is a thing that happens in the background.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But yeah, it was it was apparently this this author, Don Delilo or Delilo. I don't know how to how to say his last name. It was. Yeah, it was a big deal. And he was a big influence on my favorite author, David Foster Wallace. But I got to say, like his writing leaves me a little cold. Um, So I didn't love White Noise, but I it it, it was. I just read it like two months ago, um, coincidentally. And I got to say, it was wild how, not just the, obviously the specific event of a train crash, but it was wild how relevant it was. Like He has, near the beginning of the book, he has just a real quick short chapter, like two pages, where the main character and his friend go to the world's most photographed barn, which is a real location, I think in Wyoming or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're sitting there. And then the friend has this like epiphany where he's like, no one is actually looking at the barn. They're taking a picture of the picture. They're here to be a part of the experience. They're here to to be able to say that they were at the place where everyone goes to take the picture or whatever. I mean, he's basically like calling out social media culture, which we're all part of to some degree or another, basically calling it out, you know, back in like 1985. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a bunch of other things. Yeah, Uh, other parts of the book that are just—it was crazy thinking like, oh, this isn't this wasn't written today. This was written in nineteen whatever eighty four. Well,
0: in the movie, what what they really do a good job of doing is really capitalizing on the capitalist spirit. They really put in a lot of consumerism. In like a focal point of the movie is them shopping at supermarkets, and you look at the supermarket, it has all this kind of brands and doritos and things like that and that kind of leads mm-hmm. throughout the story where you know um you know the wife spoiler ends up sleeping with the um guy who's selling the pill Dar- Daron, Daron, diaron
2: right right
0: and she's indicating whatever yeah she's indicating yeah. it was a capitalist transaction because she wanted to get the pills so that's what makes it kind of interesting the twist is interesting in whatever you look at east palestine incident you ha- just have a situation where you do have a sleepy town in ohio who's going through a situation now if you add the capitalist standpoint on it so in the podcast i did before i talked a lot about Northfolk southern and how they were kind of going through this process called prs where they're trying to kind of cut down on the workforce and implement heavier trains with faster loads, with less people, you know, they, they fired 3,500 people or laid them off and that could potentially have contributed to the East Palestine situation as well. So not like a, I hate capitalism, but I mean, like the, the the intent of it was to value the stakeholders for North Southern. And then you have this movie kind of having the same type of story in a way where people are trying to get what they want. And as a result of it, people get hurt it's kind of also another premise of it
1: can we add in another connection of pop culture to the east palestine train derailment which have you guys seen close encounters of the third kind yeah yeah remember how the u.s army evacuates the area by creating a false report of a train wreck with (laughs) a toxic nerve gas
0: no but that's
2: oh
1: yeah yeah do you remember (laughs) that that yeah, was one of the first that things that to came to my whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah. In the movie
1: because yeah, um, they wanted to prepare the like area for the uh aliens to come, and this is going on while we have UFOs, guys. Yeah, I'm not the one right. who like originally discovered oh, this. This wow. was me just like reading up and and somebody mentioning it. I no, that's really yeah.
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna
2: say, good Um. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it, uh, I'm sure the the uh, Hollywood movie played up the capitalism part and then downplayed this other part. But maybe this is just my perspective on it. But also reading into it, it was crazy. Like the the book, it was crazy. So after the event happens, the town does all this ritualistic stuff to like prepare for the next disaster or whatever. And having gone through obviously COVID and like all of not to get into it or preach at all, but I think we can all agree at least some of it was theater like government doing things and people doing things to just for the sake of doing things. And yeah, so you have this train derailment, then everyone goes back and it's okay. But then they start doing these like mass staged fake airborne events and the children are like going out of their way to volunteer, to be victims and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, like I said, there's just a, a million different parts of it that were very weirdly relevant to today. And I, um, I have one quote from the book I can share and then I think that's all I've got.
0: Let's hear it. Phil.
2: Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So this is the main character when he's talking to his 14-year-old son who's like gone full-blown conspiracy the world is is falling apart this is the worst thing that ever happens we're all going to die. Um, and this is his thoughts about it. He says, I wanted to argue with him. I wanted to ask him why I should believe these scientific findings but not the results that indicated we were safe from niodine c- contamination. But what could I say considering my condition? I wanted to tell him that statistical evidence of the kind he was quoting from was by nature inconclusive and misleading. I wanted to say that he would learn to regard all such catastrophic findings with equanimity as he matured grew out of his confining literalism developed a spirit of informed and skeptical inquiry advanced in wisdom and rounded judgment got old declined died but i only said terrifying data is now an industry in itself different firms compete to see how badly they can scare us yeah like that's i mean that's that's the media in the time of COVID, is it not
0: yeah, I think that really is the, the terrifying data aspect of using fear-mongering. I think that's a part of it, too, is how people are afraid to die. So she's willing to give up the most sacred thing, which is her body. She's obviously in a great marriage, so there's nothing there that, that can deal with it. But she's giving up her body to get a pill in order not to fear death. I mean, I think that's really at the heart of the story, which is, like, super trippy when you think about it. Yeah, but I think too there, like,
2: yeah.
0: yeah, but I think too, when you look at the next correlation, you know which is good, you know, going back to the point of the UFOs, it's like it is really crazy how you could have like it I mean, if you did have a train wreck, that would be the perfect situation to clear out a city in order to bring in UFOs and have them meet Joe Biden potentially, you know, I think which would be a very interesting conversation to say the least
1: so joe biden is in east palestine ohio right now shaking hands with aliens is what you're saying yeah yeah,
2: but everywhere in
1: america to where the aliens could you know land be welcome it's east palestine ohio
0: yeah he shows up and he gives him some ice cream and he's like my name's joe biden pal welcome to earth
2: It
1: sounds like a quality SNL skit. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> this is perfect for it. The only other place they could have gone that was worse maybe was here in Nebraska, but I guess East Palestine.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what's crazy about this story is the fact that the media is not covering it. But now, if you look at some of the bigger media firms, are picking up the story. But it's like, I think where it really broke, which is crazy, is on TikTok. I know you guys don't partake in TikTok, but the TikToks were insane, and they're just even crazier. You had this one gentleman covering it and reading through all the data, and he kind of became the quote-unquote source on TikTok, and everybody was going to him to understand what was going on with it because he was reading through all the chemical reports and things like that. So it's really weird how you also have this new spark of media where when the networks aren't covering it, it's like individuals are. Mm. yeah it's true it's interesting yeah and then i'm and then from there but i think adam driver does a good job of almost too capital cap. i mean when you read the book phil do they also kind of capitalize on the concept of like the mundane life and how things kind of get into a rhythm and that's life and then you have a catastrophic event yeah. that happens and it changes everything
2: yeah, absolutely. And like, to the point about capitalism, I mean, yeah, in the, the first third of the book, which just is which is just about his life in the sleepy town, he, there's, yeah, there's, I can, I can, I'm sh- it wasn't surprising to hear the part about shopping because there was this very like somewhat famous chapter where he is having self, self, what is the phrase? Self-aculization, oh. whatever, um, self-realization, the uh, shopping and buying crap for his family, and then in the back third, the more his fear of death increases, the more he just like throws away possessions. Which I don't know, I'm sure some egghead literary professor can tell you about all the significance of that, but um, I thought yeah, you it was definitely
0: a book. You're our egghead. Professors.
2: yeah phil you're a guy i
1: mean all you're doing is you know on the beaches of thailand reading books and giving us perspective on them
2: so deep, deep important true speaking of which i have a bus to catch two and a <laughs> an half so i just want to i just want
0: can i just leave you with one more point all right yeah the last point is is when we look at this story and we think of catastrophic events it's almost like our generation as a whole has experienced so many catastrophic events. Does this become kind of numbing? Or like if you think about everything we experienced going back to like 9-11 and then you look at this train derailment, like it does, like what does it spark inside of you? Is it fear? Is it distrust in the government? Like what, what inside of you is sparked whenever you read the details, if you want to leave with that, and then we can kind of shut it off from there
1: i mean you 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 can't you know you don't want to get too down on the world and anything like that but if you're being honest right same week as this derailment there was the shooting in michigan state and it's kind of this numbing effect now granted phil's in thailand so i feel like he's kind of has a removed aspect but but i live in washington dc sometimes you go to the bar and start talking with people and they're just like oh you see that okay yeah yeah but you know what was it 20, 30 years ago? Granted, none of us were adults at that time, but would that have been more of a, a thing? But who knows? Maybe maybe that's when you lose some of that monocultural aspects, right? Where, you know, we only had three channels and everybody was tuned in and then everybody like grieved together. Now it's like, well, you know, I have TikTok, so I get something over here. And while, well, you know, Bob over there is listening to something else, so that we're not all together on this one incident. So that's just me rambling.
0: No, that's good insight. I think it's kind of showing how the news cycle has changed and how we have so much media to absorb. Sometimes as a human, it's hard to process it whenever it's not in our day-to-day life. Bill, do you have any thoughts on that or deep? Uh, no, you
2: know, I, I think what Goose said makes sense, but um, yeah, I, to be, I, I got to be honest, I haven't really thought about this incident beyond just the parallels to the book that I just read. Um, but uh Other than that, I mean, it does seem from a very mostly uninformed perspective, like this is another good example. of just like, I don't know, like, is the corporation going to pay anything to this town or is it going to be like the oil spills where it's in the media for a month and then, you know, we just, we screwed over the local environment and the local people get nothing out of it and then we kind of move on. So not to be too pessimistic, but yeah, I mean, maybe to the point, like kind of numb to it and it just seems like... Yeah, like there's not going to be any actual justice or change from this. That's that's why we yeah. need Phil
1: to go and uh, be the savior. Phil's our savior.
2: Yeah, Phil, you white
1: to, savior, baby.
2: You need to
0: talk. To...
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's the white noise, white savior who does Hitler studies. That's Phil for you, white right there. Noise, white savior.
0: Yeah, I think it's crazy. And going back to the point of East Palestine is you know, the company Northfolk Southern tried to come in and offer checks to each individuals for a thousand dollars. If they signed over legal information is what I was reading. And it's crazy. they would, And if you took that money, you couldn't ever have a lawsuit against them in the future for any health reasons, which like really trips me out. Like the, the fact that that is a part of it as well, on top of all the other situations, but with that being said, you know it's a short one today because Phil has to hop on a train. Um, I appreciate you guys for on a bus, talk. on a
2: bus, on Thank a bus. God, I'm not getting on a train. <laughs> yeah.
0: Phil's about to hop on a train filled with toxins. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Anyways,
0: but yeah, so just I think you guys, I think it was a good show. Thank you guys for showing up. Do you guys have any last thoughts or comments?
2: I'm on page 310 of the book for our next podcast. Beginning of the end the beginning. The end of the world is just the beginning and I'm finishing it on the island this weekend.
0: Perfect. And I will work on that as well. And maybe we could tag up next week. Do you have any comments on that? Have you been reading?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm reading a book called early risers, which is about how humans have to hibernate every winter. That can make me. Oh my God. But either way, either way, Phil, I don't miss you at all. And I hate you. So there, that's my final. Sounds good. Okay sounds
0: good all right uh goose you know maybe we'll just send you the cliff notes from that book by <laughs> sure
2: sure just like today just, just like
0: sure. today
2: go get on your train slash bus bill <laughs> yeah. all right all
0: right thank you guys so much and then um yeah we'll uh we'll get back tomorrow appreciate you gentlemen for getting on the show and i guess that's all i got
2: sounds good man see ya